It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us uh, here. Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the IBX Media app, and uh, much, much uh, more. Thanks for being on, and uh, we've got a, a pirate report uh, coming your way in a matter of moments. Dom Kosolke, are you there? I'm Come so in Berlin. Here. Dom, okay. I didn't hear the open, Dom. I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I was playing there we it. Go. It went over. So Well, I- it's fine. Every long as it played, you know, it's uh, it's fine. I, I I'm I'm a highly trained veteran broadcast professional, so I can uh, roll with the punches, as it were. Uh, Dom Kasolki is producing the program today. I think we're gonna lose. Yeah, that's that right. That same Dom Kasolki had a feeling is, you played uh, that at some point when I when yes. I next well, time. you knew I would. You knew I would today. So, so. That is part of what is uh, happening uh, today, Dom Kosolke. I think we're going to lose. It's one of the great. It's one of the great lines of all time, Dom. I, I mean, that was you're just you're just being honest. You're yeah, just I don't. Being honest. I don't feel the and same way. That, this it, way. It, okay, it's that kind of honesty, Dom. I want as we do our first story here. The Greenville baseball team has narrowed it down to five choices. They were close to. There were over 400 submissions. Over 300 original submissions, 350, I think, was the number. If you're with us on our video platforms, you see the list. Great job by our crew putting that together. Here are the names. I'm sure you know them by now. Greenville Ball Hogs. Greenville Booty. Greenville Garden Gnomes. Greenville Scallywags. Now, Dom, you know this because you uh, are in these college baseball Summer league circles. Yep. The Scallywags are out at uh, Outer Banks and Manio at at uh, at uh, Outer Banks, right? Yeah. So I I don't see that being a, a really good name. Different I, league though. It is a right. Different league. Different league. But, but still, you don't want there to be confusion. And then the Greenville Peglegs. Peglegs. I, like, I now three three of the hang on Dom three of those play on the pirate lore. You know, the ball hogs is kind of a baseball pig. You can have a pig mascot. Be kind of interesting, I guess. The Garden Gnomes, I think, uh, well. All right, so what do you, Dom? I'm, I'm going Greenville Booty. I want, everybody needs a little booty. So let's go Greenville Booty. Dom, I got something for you. I Stay with me here. Okay. You do the call to the bullpen, it's a booty call. I actually, Boom. I do like that. I do, that's probably my favorite out of the five, yes. but I'm not. A big fan of really any of the five. I I think they could come up with better. I, I've seen on comments that the Greenville Greenies. I kind of like that a little bit more than. Well, the Greenies, according to the always anonymous text line, is is not uh, available. The oh, always okay. anonymous text line says the Greenville Greenies. That I guess there's a copyright or a trademark of that. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, I feel yeah, like I could sit here for an hour and probably think of a, a few better names. I could do that on the next show. 
Well, and, you know, Henry's nephew, or nephew, Henry's uh, grandson, one of his grandchildren uh, submitted, uh, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, let me look, see if I can find it. It was Tar something. It was really good. I actually thought it was a pretty good uh, name, to be honest with you. Yeah, anything with Tar Dom, is been, a cool name. Yeah, I've been I've been technologically challenged today, Dom. It's been a it's been a tough uh, day from the technology standpoint. Well, that's why I'm here. Uh, yeah, that's why. Well, and obviously, um, what did he say? Tar Tigers. That was it. Tar Tigers. Greenville Tar Tigers. I, yeah, I like that better than the I ones don't on mind the screen. <laughs> yeah, but I'm he didn't just... get selected. So if so, these are the five, Dom. You have to pick one. Give me one. I'm going with Booty. I, I don't want to seem like a copycat, but I'd go booty too. But I'm just I'm looking at garden gnomes and I'm so confused. Why is that even an option? Garden gnomes. Where did that come from? Because you can do. Um, it's it's what you can sell. It's merch. That kind of stuff. You can yeah. sell merch. You can buy the little mini garden gnomes. It would be a cool logo. You know? I I can admit that it would be a pretty cool logo, but. All right, so what is it? What are you going, booty? I'm going booty. You're going I, I, booty? Think it, I think it fits right. with the Pirates, the Greenville area. You know what I think sold it? You know what I think sold it I think when I told you yep. about the call to the bullpen? I think that sold it for you. I think That it might sell too. it for everybody. You call down to the pen, it's a booty call. There you go. All right. Um, I, know, I, I don't even know what that means, and I'm just, you know. All right. Uh, let's do our Pirate Report, Dom. We had Pirate Basketball Media Day today. A lot of excitement for ECU basketball this season, as there should be. Uh, Pirates pick fifth in the preseason in the AAC, uh, kind of the top of the uh, middle third, and uh, that's a great preseason ranking for the Pirates. So let's uh, – always an anonymous text line says scallywags. Eh. I, I have a sense that might be what's – that may end up – that or the peg legs are going what it's going to end up being is my guess. Um. But I, I, I like booty. I'm just That's where I am. All right. Uh, back to Pirate Basketball. Today was media day. We heard from uh, all the coaches, including Mike Swartz. We heard from uh, all of the uh, players. Uh, Greenville Garden Gnomes, Triple Gs, Always Anonymous text line. Yeah, not a fan either on the Always Anonymous. That's what they said. Boy, this touched a nerve, didn't it? I'm getting blown up with a lot of names now. And uh, people are sending me names. They're not. These are the five. got to pick from this list. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. I just try to enforce them. All right, before we go any further with that, uh, let's get into our pirate report so we can hear from Coach Swartz. Take it. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Mike Swartz's opening statement from uh, today's basketball media day. Awesome to see everybody. Uh, Really excited to be here and Exciting time of year, as we've talked about uh, everywhere around the country right now. People are getting getting ready to play, and it, you know it's been a long and really positive preseason so far. We've been uh, very pleased with our training camp. Dealt with a few, you know, normal nagging injuries that are, I think probably a lot of teams in the country are dealing with this time of year. We've been practicing basically since June, uh, when the guys arrived on campus. We took a break at the end of the summer, came back in preseason um, in. September and then September 25th started with official preseason training camp and so now we're basically a few days away from 
getting a chance to, to see where we are versus another opponent and obviously less than three weeks away from our home opener. So um, outside of that, been very pleased with this group so far over the last four to six weeks. And again, just dealing with normal stuff that this comes this time of year in terms of a few guys being banged up and, and that will see how our rotation plays out in other situations that I know you guys will ask about. So uh, outside of that, just love this group of guys a bunch. Love this uh, group of coaches and just excited, excited for this time of year. All right, more from Coach Swartz on the players understanding uh, how he and the staff want things done. Last year we spent so much time talking about it wasn't as much of what we did but how we did it, uh, whether that was on or off the court. And I think one of the great things about having eight returning players, forget the basketball piece, is just an understanding of how we want to do things. So you can focus more on what we're doing and the execution pieces of those. What do the details look like off the court? What do they look like on the court specifically, offense, defense, etc.? cetera? Uh, but even with that being said, you never, ever stop with the emphasis or the premium is always on how we do things. But it definitely helps going into year two when you've got eight guys and particularly some real leaders, some strong personalities. Uh, like I know we'll talk about Brandon Johnson, R.J. Felton, Ezra Osar, Jaden Walker, that how we do things has been much better and much smoother starting this summer. All right, uh, Coach Swartz from Basketball Media Day today talking about the eight returning Pirate players. Definitely feel very fortunate, and, and we're not going to ever take that for granted, but when we were fortunate enough to become, uh, you know, coach this program, and, and I had an opportunity to become the head coach here, the first thing that we said was we really want to build a program, a program that consists of continuity, uh, sustainable success, where we hopefully have guys here two, three, four years. Guys are excited to graduate from ECU. And that vision is not going to change. Uh, also alluded to it last year saying, hey, if we have to make an adjustment, we will. We'll make those adjustments as we go along and as we navigate this. And we will continue to make those adjustments. But from a standpoint of eight guys returning and not having one senior on this team, the potential of having this team together for two more years that looks very similar to this. Yeah, I feel very fortunate, excited about that. And last year, I think at one point in terms of Division One uh, production, we were somewhere around 350 in the nation in terms of what was coming from the previous year, what was returning. Production, not necessarily age or class. This year, I think, will be much higher from a production standpoint but we still have multiple years of eligibility remaining on this team, and that is exciting. Absolutely. Uh, Dom, let's skip, skip to uh, cut nine on the vast soundbite roster, and he uh, elaborates further on two of those returning players, Brandon Johnson and Ezra Ozar. Very excited about the way Brandon and Ezra have practiced this summer and this fall. Uh, Brandon has added so much to his game. Ezra, as we all know, dealt with shoulder surgery this summer. So he spent a lot of it the first half, first five weeks of summer. Then he got on the court the final three, and he's at a really nice preseason training camp. Though They will continue to improve and expand their games. Uh, Brandon continuing on the perimeter but has to rebound the way he did. Ezra continuing to expand his game as someone that can stretch the defense and keep the defense honest as a shooter, and he's worked really hard at that, and I think we'll see that. All right, uh, let's uh, go to cut eight, and he talks about some of the new additions to the Pirate basketball team. Very excited about the three freshmen that joined 
and the two transfers, one Cam Hayes, who came from LSU but is originally from Greensboro, spent a year at NC State, and then Bobby Pettiford Jr., who was at Kansas. He is from Durham area, as you said. You know, he's won a national championship, and he's played a great role on an incredible Kansas team that had a two-year run while he was there. His freshman year as a national champion, he has NCAA experience, back-to-back years, and coached by a great coaching staff and Coach Self and his coaching staff. So very excited about both those guys. Um, Bobby brings a sense of true leadership. He is a true point guard. He understands the position. Nothing to do with putting the ball in the basket, nothing to do with statistics. He understands what it is to be a point guard, and that's really important, and that's going to only help us with him, Jaden Walker, Caleb LeCount, and all of them playing point guard duties, as well as Cam Hayes. Obviously, we know, and we don't know Cam Hayes' situation right now. We'll see what happens. We have no knowledge of that. And Bobby Pettiford is one of the players that's been a little banged up this preseason. So he has not been on the court quite as much to get in that rhythm. But he's getting there. He's doing great in all his strengthening and rehab. And we can't wait to have him on the court full time. Uh, back to rotating these players. Cut four, Dom, early in games this season, and the uh, coach says you'll see a lot of players uh, making it out there. Early rotation is a big thing. I think often think back to us early in the season last year as we were defining a rotation, and we played a lot of guys, and we remember a lot of games we were playing 12 guys, 13 guys. A lot of that had to do with probably first-time head coach and trying to find my way, and a lot had to do with us as a team trying to find out Okay, who can execute what we're trying to do? We didn't have anybody that just stood out and we knew we were either playing through or had full grasp of our system, and it actually fluctuated throughout the year. And uh, let's talk about Mark Adams. Skip to six here, Dom, uh, where he talks about Mark Adams, who was the Texas Tech coach, and uh, how he has uh, certainly uh, helped things on the defensive end, one of the great defensive basketball coaches uh, in all of uh, college basketball. You talk about mentality, and he challenges us in a way of, hey, this is how he has seen things done and been very successful doing things. Um, From a mindset standpoint, fits right into what we want this program to be about, which is defense. Uh, Nothing's going to ever change, no matter how fortunate we are, if we do score the ball well, if we are a solid offensive team, which obviously we hope to be, we feel confident that we can be, uh, no matter who is a student-athlete here, whether it's recruiting or eventual student-athlete here, defense is still going to be the pillar, going to be the foundation of our program. And he thinks like that. So the fact that we're all on that page, it was a seamless transition with Nick moving on and Coach Adams coming in, that our mindset of our coaching staff remained the same. All right, uh, last thing here for the Pirate Report. We're going to get to Jim Zoki uh, on uh, ECU and Charlotte on the grid for homecoming this weekend. But uh, let's go where he talks about the schedule, cut 10. Uh, obviously, the Pirates have 20 uh, home games this year. When we got here last year, we said we, we want to try and create a really powerful schedule you know, and, and build that strength of schedule as the, as the years go, as the seasons go. And that includes having great home games, you know, We are so fortunate to have 20 home games this year. I've been in this a long time, 25 years I think it is now, and never been a part of a program everywhere I've been that's been able to have 20 home games. And to be able to do that, just so thankful to the administration with our MTE, with Kennesaw State, Northeastern, and Georgia Southern coming in. 
But South Carolina is a running series. We obviously played them on a neutral site last year. They'll be in our building this year. We go to Columbia next year. George Mason, we're going to George Mason. George Mason will be in our building next year. Wilmington will be here this year. They'll be here next year. And I said this last year, we don't have to schedule year to year at ECU. We're going to put series together. We're going to put neutral games. We're going to have a running because that, that, that builds excitement year to year. And we have everything it takes to do that here. And we've started to do that. We have a long way to go from a standpoint of the strength of schedule, a Florida and a neutral site in Lakeland, South Carolina coming here, Wilmington, Mason, the MTE. It's to prepare for one of the toughest conferences in the country once we get to American play on January 2nd versus Florida Atlantic. So that's what we want to have, a very tough non-conference schedule that prepares us for what we know is a grueling American conference. All right, uh, that is today's Pirate Report. Let's uh, grab a break. We'll have more basketball uh, for you tomorrow on the PJ Show when we're on at 6 for an hour. Uh, But right now, a timeout, and when we get back, we're going to hear from uh, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network and uh, ECU Sports Radio Network. Zoke is Thursday visit when we come back. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. It is homecoming, and for the first time in the history of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Bagwell Field, Jim Zoki's wife is coming to a game at East Carolina. How about that? How about that? How did you get that intel? Did I, did I already spill the beans on that one? I didn't know you had the intel. Well, you had told one. me you that a while back. So, I... okay. Well, you, were, you wrote it down in your notes for week seven, right? You know, you always are taking notes, Jim. You never know when you can, you know, pull that little nugget of information out yeah. of, uh, you know, out of the sky or something. And uh, yeah, something extra. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's you've been at the game a little bit, right? So you know this. You know, this we need, uh, you know, I'm bringing her as a good luck charm. So if she, if we win, then she just has to come to all the games. She'll have to travel with you the rest of the year, is what it sounds like. Exactly. Uh, no more girls' exactly. weekends anywhere. It's it's all pirate well, football. Until the time. after we win. Yes. 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 Exactly. That's that's what it is. Uh, all right. Well, let's start there since the Panthers are off. Uh, Jim Zoki, of course, voice of pirate football this season. He's also uh, the uh, long time, long time broadcaster with the Panthers radio network. Jim has uh, been there since day one. He's a day one. You're the only original member on air, right? Yeah, our producer's actually been there since day one as well, David Langton. Uh-huh. And uh, the only other person who's been to every game, in addition to us, is uh, Don Toner, our equipment manager, who used to be the assistant equipment manager back in the early days. So we are the only, I think, three that have been have worked every game. Okay. The, the history of the franchise. We may leave Panthers talk at that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how all this goes. That, seems like enough. that might yeah. that might be where we leave the Panthers. All right, Jim. Like uh, Charlotte is coming to town. You work in that city. I know you don't cover them day in and day out, but as the sports giant you are and the WBT Hall of Famer, you got your finger on the pulse. So, uh, Biff Pogey has the act worn thin. I think, you know, the act is new, so you got to give it some time. It's just uh, a first-year coach. They've had an incredible amount of roster turnover with him coming in. I think they have 70 new players this year and uh, close to 50 uh, transfer players that are from uh, 
uh, four-year program. So it's a lot of new parts and pieces. I, I've been listening on their press conferences, of course, this week with their coach and uh, Biff Bogian, the two coordinators. And, yeah, of course, like the like the Pirates themselves would like to have been sitting here at a better record than one and five uh, and have things going more quickly than they have. Uh, but they are going through a lot, just like, you know, ECU is as far as change and turnover of personnel. So they're kind of in a very, very – I'll be honest – it's about as similar of a situation as you can find in college football, these two programs right now where they are as far as you know where they expect it to be and where they actually are right now. You know, and I think uh, the pirate expectations were probably uh, – well, they were both pretty great, but I don't think anybody thought that uh, the Niners were going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. A lot of people thought the Pirates would be in that middle, maybe lower part of that middle third, but, you know, in the middle – section of the uh, the American. If you, if you remember, Biff Pogey famously uh, pounded the podium at the end of the preseason press, press conference where they were picked last in the AAC, and, and you kind of made uh, a little to-do about that, which, oh, yeah. um, you know, huh? we'll see what happens. Here uh, we go. A long we... way to go. A lot of, they got a lot, a lot of games to go. They only played two. We want to play two in the conference, so a long way to go. Yeah, there is, and, and we always have that queued up and ready to go. That's it. That's, that is. That's it, Biff. That's all the questions you get. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, he was also that day dressed in a very expensive suit with some very expensive shoes. And that might be the one time a year he's going to do that, it seems. Well, he's got some money now. It's oh, not, no, he uh, does. He's got, forget you know, about it, money. Over that part of it. <laughs> he's got the heck with you money, so he can wear whatever he wants. And he does. Yeah. But, yeah, on the sidelines, it is cut off T-shirts. Uh, what are we looking at? The sunny skies, upper 60s? Yeah, so 70. Expect, 70. So probably. sun's out. Suns out, guns out. Yes. Probably what we're talking about. <laughs> I want to see him take one of those three-piece suits and just like cut the arms off of that and wear that. That's yeah, kind of that would be interesting, level. wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be a little next level. I don't know how good it would look. It's a little, um, it's a little what Pat McAfee, like Pat McAfee. Looks. Yeah, that would be something McAfee would do, undoubtedly. Well, here's what we do know about the the uh, 49ers, Jim, based on a half season in. They are. Very uh, challenged at the quarterback spot and somewhat challenged offensively. Actually, very challenged offensively. Uh, but I do like some of their skilled people. Now, they've got, they got people hurt and, and that kind of thing, and, and the receivers have been up and down. I do like uh, their defensive line very much. It is a, that is a, they've got a legit, pretty, you know, comparatively speaking to the rest of the roster, pretty talented defensive line. Broad strokes of what you just said, you could have named, again, either program. It's a very similar uh, thing where they're kind of juggling two quarterbacks. Uh, they got some good running backs. Uh, um, you know, they, they're trying to find a go-to receiver. They got some decent weapons there, just like ECU. And then, like you said, the strength of the team, like ECU, is the defense. You know, we've got a, probably, if you had to name a position group defensive line, it's probably the strength of the Pirates team as well. So yeah. it is a very similar uh, team right now. And, uh, you hope at home is what puts you over the top in addition to you know, getting some solid play this week. And we're, we're, this is the launch of the second half of the regular season. So uh, while things were new, uh, this is the second half of the regular season. You, you hope things settle in now and uh, that starts to take off here for the ECU side. I don't care about the Niners side, but for the ECU side. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, they've dropped five straight after beating South Carolina State in the, the opener. Uh, they get – Shut out by uh, the United States Naval Academy last time out. Uh, had a couple of. They did uh, play Florida and Maryland tougher. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Earlier yeah. in the year when they were a little healthier, they played those two tough. And they played Florida really tough down in the swamp, too. 
Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was uh, that was you know something they did. Now, you know, in in their Georgia State game, uh, they got some late scores, and and that made it look a little closer maybe than it was. So, I mean, on the whole, it's not been a real productive uh, season. They, I mean, they're scoring what two touchdowns a game, and that's that you just can't win in modern day football with those kind of struggles offensively. But uh, they're viewing this as, hey, if we go on a magical run, we can uh, overcome the, uh, the 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 bad first half. So we will see. Um, we will see. Do you think this is a rivalry on any – because the Pirate fans are getting very angry when you say this is a rivalry. I say based on proximity and the first matchup, it is a, a possibly – I will say a burgeoning rivalry potentially. Is that good? Yeah, I think it's – no, I think that's where Biff Pogey in his press conference was asked that same question. And he said, you know, he'd like for it to become a rivalry, but they haven't played uh, its conference, you know, made yet. So I think that that will happen. I do think you're right. It's burgeoning. It's going to happen uh, because of just the geography. When there's so few of these games that are geographically, that makes sense. Um, so I do think it's going to come as long as this part of the conference sticks together and doesn't disband in the future. We always have constant movement with all these conferences. Uh, but yeah, I think you know Charlotte, Greenville. There's a lot. I do you know having done, done your games now for almost two months, there are a lot of ECU folks here in Charlotte. Yeah, and I know folks out there certainly know that uh, you know Charlotte is uh, one of the places where the you know they get the Panthers, they get the Hornets. So sports rivalries can be you know burgeoned there, as you said. So I think I think it's going to build. It'll take some time here, and I think those you know those rivalries are built by history and by you know past experiences so it, it just takes time but i think it will happen i think the potential is there on saturday for a very competitive game i really do no i do too like i said i'm sure both teams you know they look at every game as winnable and but you look at ecu you know the michigan game that was always going to be tough the gardner webb game they were able to have you know a relaxing if you will type of win they worked hard for it but i mean overall they didn't at the end they weren't struggling for it the other four games, I mean, you get into the basically the fourth quarter, the ECU's either in the lead, tied, or one score down. And uh, it was just a matter of could you close out some of these games? Could somebody step up and make a play? And that's that's what needs to happen. I think, you know, the defense has really kept them in games, and you're kind of waiting on that complimentary football where the offense is going to help more often than it has. Uh, they've had their moments, uh, but uh, just not enough of those. So just more consistency out of that. I feel like there's always that one big backbreaking play you know, like the right. double pass against uh, Marshall uh, last week the pick six and then like the extra touchdown gets added on after that so the final score is not indicative of I think how well the CCU team is played by and large yeah team. certainly uh, so Jim Zoki uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson show as we uh, talk about the Pirates and the 49ers I think the Niners will come into this fired up with it being homecoming and probably knowing how fired up the Niners are the Pirates should also be pretty fired up so that's where I speak I think it's going to be a competitive game as far as the spirit of it we'll see what the final score kind of winds up uh, being with the Pirates Jim and I mean it, it is you know you're trying to kind of find those glimmers of, of promise uh, you know in, in what you see the opening drive at app comes to mind I thought uh, there was a one drive in particular against SMU with Mason Garcia at the controls the Pirates looked really comfortable he also looked a lot or looked really good. He looked more comfortable in the the second half when it came uh, to throwing the football late. Uh, but you know, it was uh, maybe a little too little too late at that point. So, who knows what has happened with if anybody has separated themselves this week in practice? But 
you know, what's the feel you're getting in talking to the coaches this week uh, on the QB spot? Well, you know, uh, we, we, whether it's large or small amounts, we've seen both quarterbacks each week, so it wouldn't be surprising to see in some form both. I think they will go with the hot hand, you know, who they think gives them the best chance, and if it starts to go cold during the game, as we saw last week, they each played two different portions of the game. And I think with Mason, I mean, he just – you hear it all the time from the coaches. He just needs to relax, let it slow down, whether it be a passing – play or even a running play waiting for the, the block patiently uh, to come things like that so I think it is a matter of him just getting more comfortable and settled in as we head into game seven and then with you know with Flynn it's like uh, there are times where it feels like it's kind of a more fluid operation at times overall with the offense and the passing game but you can't overlook the six interceptions and he had the fumble last week so the turnovers uh, have been the bigger issue uh, with, with Flynn uh, even more so so it's like you want to get the best of both of them and I think that's what they were kind of trying to patchwork together last week, you know, just trying to get a spark and get a, get a solid half out of somebody and, and go forward. I think, you know, again, if someone's got a hot hand, if they start out, they'll stay. If not, you'll, you'll see the other quarterback as we have in the other games. We saw a little bit of, uh, you know, really uh, up to par play, uh, beyond par play for Jeremy Lewis. Uh, you know, I, I get the sense that Jeremy's on the verge of a real big breakout, and he's had some really good moments this year at times too, causing a fumble and uh, played really, really well against SMU. So guys like that, and, and you know, they're they're getting a, they're able to take some snaps off because of uh, the depth. So they're a lot fresher. The defensive front for the Pirates is is usually really, really fresh, and I think this will come down to a lot of that as well. Can East Carolina? keep rotating those guys in, keeping that unit fresh, and they can wear down the offensive front for Charlotte, which is a little challenging as well. But I say Jeremy Lewis, big game for him. Who are some defensive guys uh, in that grouping I'm speaking of or otherwise? Because I think the secondary's improved greatly too. Uh, I thought the secondary gym – I'm all over the place here, I know. I thought the secondary gym <laughs> last Thursday was really physical with the receivers for SMU, and I, I view that as a good sign. Well, and at the top of that list was uh, Siobhan Rebel, obviously, targeted 10 times, and, and he was up to the task. And really the one he didn't get on that, that go ball was, uh, you know, just a great catch. I mean, what do you do with that? So he's been really good. You know, Antoine Jackson obviously is, is going to be very good. But he's 17 years old, so you see the spectacular, like the pick six against App State, and then there's a play he'll give up because he's he's just living all this for the first time. He's just seeing all this at 17. I thought – it was a nice bounce-back confident performance by Isaiah Brown-Murray, too, in the secondary with that breakup in the end zone. And with him and Jonathan Jones, I mean, it gives you four quality corners back there. But I think, you know, out of all of those, you know, Rebel has the ability to do some press coverage and be what they want to be, more aggressive overall in this defense. So if he can stay at that level of what he did last week, that was outstanding. And, of course, you know, obviously Wood and Tilt are terrific at the safety positions. They got depth behind them, too. So, yeah, I think the secondary's have been good. I think the, you know, the linebackers, you know, we talk about front and with the uh, the secondary. I think with Jackson and Evans and Dilworth, and the coaches all said B.J. Davis had a great game yeah. last week as they go back and look at it. It's like, you know, it, the defense has been really good at, you know, maintaining the yardage, getting a lot of three and outs. And now it's a matter of, you know, creating those turnovers, you know, outside of the Gardner-Webb game. If there's only two interceptions all year. There's only five quarterback sacks. So with the offense, you know, struggling by and large, they, they, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on the defense, but it would be nice if they were to come up with like more of what they had at App State. Not expecting touchdowns necessarily, but it's just more takeaways and more you know change of possession and 
sudden change, things like that with short fields for the offense. And I, I think we'll see a little more out of Shane Calhoun. Uh, he's not going to have to play as many snaps as younger guys come along and as other guys in that position group get healthy. Right, and Ferguson was dealing with the injury, and he and Riles are freshmen, so it's just a matter of time, I think. But it, I feel like Calhoun at least has been targeted more. I know his numbers are not huge, but he has been right. targeted more. I know in the right. The Rice game, he was targeted seven times, had three or four catches. Really nice to have Chase Stowell step up because we've been waiting for that receiver to emerge as a number one threat. In the last two weeks, he's had seven catches each week for 14 catches. Uh, so that, that's good to see him, especially being such a young player uh, that you're going to have for a while. Uh, those fingers crossed, right, always. But uh, he's already come aboard from Colorado, so hopefully he's here to stay. Uh, but, you know, that and then, you know, another reliable second option would be good. Because if you can do that, that would open up, I think, better rushing lanes for Rajay Harris. You know, whenever Javius Bond is healthy, tomorrow Edmonds, you've got some talented running backs. Even Marlon Gunn has had times in his past where he's, he's been very productive. So you've got some runners there. But if you're one-dimensional, you load the box. You know, it's hard to make any kind of play action or RPO sellable by the quarterback. So you do need to have something on both sides. You don't have to be elite on both the pass and the run, but – you got to be at least average uh, to at least sell it and, and open up things overall. Jim Zoki, uh, Panthers on the bye week, and uh, another injury in the secondary. So this is uh, it's a banged up, banged up operation right now. Yeah, that's uh, Jeremy Chin added. It sounds like six weeks of talking with mm. the uh, yeah. quad injury there. But uh, when we come out of the by week, I think there's some uh, optimism we'll see next week about Xavier Woods being ready to roll. Uh, we should be getting close on J.C. Horn. Might be a little bit more, a couple more weeks on Von Bell from what I'm hearing. Uh, and then offensively, Austin Corbett. I think this might be a target day for him coming back from uh, his recovery from the ACL surgery on the offensive line. So, you know, some of these guys will be back and some will be very close within a week or two at that point. And, uh, and that'll help. And this Again, they've had a tough stretch. They just played a very talented Miami team. They'll have, you know, obviously good teams, but Houston, Indianapolis, Chicago, you know, those, those are not Miami. Uh, so they just hopefully they, they can get off the schneid here and, and get into the victory column over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that next week, Jim. Uh, hope to see you. Stop by and wave. And uh, looking forward to uh, homecoming. As an alum, I, I, it's always fun. Ain't no coming like a homecoming, Jim. The great Virgil Clark said that. <laughs> so keep that. I don't, well, know, I don't know if it's FCC or not. You can use it on the network. Feel free. Okay. All right. Well, you've already said it, so I think we're all free to use it now. But, yeah, yeah looking forward <laughs> to it. It should be a, a great day. And uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll stop by and, and say hi because we'll pass you right on the way up there anyway, so it'd be rude not to. It would. All right, Jim, great to talk to you. Thanks for the time, as always. You bet. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. The great Jim Zoki. Uh, there he goes. We'll be back with more of the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. Homecoming 2023 for East Carolina as the Pirates host Charlotte on Saturday. ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick telling the media on Wednesday evening that the Niners are tough to deal with up front. is uh, not fun to watch when you're getting ready to play. It'd be fun to watch if you're just watching the game. 
you know, played at Alabama, he's played at Michigan. I guess he played for the the head coach there in high school. So now he's found a home in Charlotte, and he's really talented, big, fast. I mean, great pass rusher. The other ends are good too, though. They they they've got three ends that really, you know, you have to know where they're at. You're going to have to make some blocking adjustments to to do that. And then they're just huge inside. The the one guy it says 380, he looks 450. And Charlotte has employed two quarterbacks this season. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell says the Pirates will be ready for either signal caller for Charlotte. You always prepare for two guys or a backup in case a situation happens or somebody gets hurt. But uh, this week, obviously, you're preparing for, for Jalen Jones, number four, who, who was a starter most of the year uh, up until last week. I think he he uh, played mostly receiver last week and took a few snaps as a uh, more of a wildcat running type quarterback. Man, some, some specialty plays with him. When Eleven's back there, he, he started the game last week. He's played in every game this this year. You know, he, he's more of a pocket passer. He's from Wakefield High School in Raleigh. Really good operator, throws the ball really well down the field. Thought he made a nice throw at the end of the game at Navy and, and, and does some good things. ECU basketball is almost here. Today was media day where we heard from the coaches and the players. Head coach Mike Schwartz talks about some of the new additions to the team. Very excited about the three freshmen that joined and the two transfers, one Cam Hayes, who came from LSU, but is originally from Greensboro, spent a year at NC State, and then Bobby Pettiford Jr., who was at Kansas. He is from Durham area, as you said. You know, he's won a national championship, and he's played a great role on an incredible Kansas team that had a two-year run while he was there. His freshman year as a national champion, he has NCAA experience back-to-back -back years, and coached by a great coaching staff, and Coach Self and his coaching staff. So. Very excited about both those guys. Um, Bobby brings a sense of true leadership. He is a true point guard. He understands the position. Nothing to do with putting the ball in the basket, nothing to do with statistic, statistics. He understands what it is to be a point guard, and that's really important, and that's going to only help us with him, Jaden Walker, Caleb LeCount, and all of them playing point guard duties, as well as Cam Hayes. Obviously, we know, and we don't know Cam Hayes' situation right now. We'll see what happens. We have no knowledge of that. And Bobby Pettiford is one of the players that's been a little banged up this preseason. So he has not been on the court quite as much to get in that rhythm. But he's getting there. He's doing great in all his strengthening and rehab, and we can't wait to have him on the court full time. After 450 responses as well as 350 unique submissions, there are five names left in the Greenville Baseball Name Your Team contest that could be chosen for the Greenville Coastal Plain League. The finalists are Greenville Ballhogs, Greenville Booty, Greenville Garden Gnomes, Greenville Scallywags, Greenville Peglegs, with the East Carolina University mascot being a pirate, Greenville has embraced the pirate theme in different ways. The names Booty, Scallywags, and Peglegs all encompass the theme, while the Ballhogs combine combines two other things Greenville is known for, baseball and barbecue, particularly the whole hog. Garden gnomes don't have a geographical tie to the area, but they come in an array of colors, types, and poses. The Panthers are losing a key member of their secondary for the foreseeable future. ESPN reports that Carolina safety Jeremy Chin is dealing with a quad injury that is expected to sideline him for up to six weeks. The playmaking defensive back has racked up 23 tackles and one sack through six games this season. Panthers are taking a week off from the gridiron following a disappointing 0-6 start to the season. They return to action at home against the Houston Texans on October 29th. In other news, the team has signed safety Alex Cook from the New York Giants practice squad. The Hurricanes are continuing their road trip. Carolina will visit the Seattle Kraken tonight at 
Climate Pledge Arena, the Canes are coming off a 6-3 win over the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday. Seth Jarvis scored his first two goals of the season in the win. Sebastian Ajo sat out the game due to an upper body injury and is being considered day-to-day. The Canes are atop the Metro Division at 3-1-0. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Back. Uh, PJ Show up and running on a Thursday. No Rose football tomorrow night. And uh, right now, it looks like all of the high school games are going to stay uh, on course, I don't know of any that got moved necessarily, and uh, the rain is going to be really, really widely scattered uh, tomorrow. So we'll have more on the uh, slate uh, tomorrow on the show. Uh, we'll be joined by uh, ECU Hall of Fame honoree Seth Manus. He'll be uh, inducted Friday night and honored on Saturday in the stadium. Of course, uh, ECU baseball alum pitched in the bigs primarily with the Cardinals. Uh, so we'll catch up with Seth Manis tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. And C.J. Wilson, speaking of uh, great pirates, Super Bowl champion with the Packers, Bellhaven native. Uh, we will talk with uh, C.J., who uh, has uh, come back after a great pirate career and a great professional career and is giving back to the grassroots of the game. He's the head coach at North Pitt. They have had a, another fantastic season under CJ. So we're going to talk to him tomorrow uh, as well. Looking forward uh, to all of that. And we'll also get to a lot of the other uh, things going on with uh, Pirate Basketball. Again, they had their media day today. Dom, do you know, do we have, I, I, and I probably should have looked, uh, do we have anything on social? Did we get any of that going or uh, is it all just uh, audio that we have from today? Do you know? I believe that Philip and Scooter posted some videos on YouTube on our 94.3 game okay. page. Okay. Well, uh, if it's not, link that through uh, our social. I see it is linked through the social. So there you go. Looking forward to uh, that. So if you want to watch some of the videos on our YouTube page, you can go to Twitter. You can go to Facebook. Uh, the guys have it uh, linked through there uh, as uh, Pilk and Scooter were uh, representing uh the flagship today okay uh let's uh, get a couple of quick cuts in here from the coordinators uh of course uh, uh dom played some during his uh update uh let's uh go with uh mm, let's go with 53 here from donnie Kirk. wow we have that many cuts today 53 from donnie kirkpatrick where he talks about uh you know the timing of when to put in quarterbacks etc well it's been different there have been games where we said we're going to play somebody you know a certain series or you know whatever and then there's been games where we're saying no it's his game unless we got to go the other way for example rice was it was going to be uh, alex's game and and mason knew that and you may play and you may not depends on what it was last week mason knew he was going in the third series you know we said we're going to do these two drives and then you're going to go and then whoever has the most momentum will play and and i thought you know, there was a time that we went, we went back to Alex, and then we went back to that. At that point, we were just looking for an answer, you know, just somebody to, that could lead us and could make some plays. So uh, not probably the right one to give the answer. This is a head coach's question for how we're going to do it this week. 
but we, we, we will have a specific plan this week. That's probably his, his thing. All right. Um, let's uh, go to Blake Harrell, now Pirate Defensive Coordinator. And he talks about getting uh, the defense where they need to get to, uh, cut 56. Uh, the outcome of the game was not what we certainly wanted, um, but we did some good things in the game, you know, defensively, and there's some things we got to improve on defensively, and we got to go back to work on and, and do a better job of, you know, uh, starting with me and, and doing a better job of fixing them. But I, I did see, you know, not just Siobhan, but there's things that happen throughout the game that defensively we gain confidence through, and, and you've seen that through the last couple of uh, ball games. Um, you know, not, not necessarily the outcome, but the process. We're getting there. We're getting where we need to be. And, those young guys like a Siobhan is gaining those reps and gaining that experience where he is getting tested on the field. Now he knows he can make the play. Now he knows, hey, if I just get my eyes around a little quicker, cut it off a little quicker, hey, I can get a pick here. Um, so you're going to see that at every position, especially those two corner positions where those guys haven't played a lot of snaps. I think, uh, you know, the Sam, the Mike, the Will, Ra Ra, Taylor Jackson, Mike Edwards, B.J. Davis, I thought maybe had his best game of the, of the year last week. Those guys are starting to come along and, get that confidence and starting to take that next step. So, And we need them to. We, we need to take that next step to, uh, to make sure we dominate, to make sure we, we uh, finish the fourth quarter. And the big thing we focus on this week is creating turnovers. All right, I think we have enough time to work this in. Let's uh, play the last cut from uh, the roster today because I would like to hear Blake Carroll talk about, you know, after the Pirates jumped, or rather SMU jumped out on the Pirates 14 to nothing. Uh, the way the defense responded after that. Hit that cut, please. The first game, we went two, three and outs. And it really was the next 14 was, hey, two deep balls down the field and then two scramble balls down the field. You know, so it wasn't we just calm the kids down, calm the guys down on the sidelines, hey, listen, it's just a couple snaps here, a couple snaps there, get our eyes in better place, and let's go play. And I think, like, the rest of the half, I think it was like four more three and outs in the second quarter. So second quarter and third quarter, uh, defensively pretty much dominated them and did a really good job. And obviously we'd like to – be a little better, create a turnover in there, but I thought, you know, we responded. And that's maybe the first time this year that I thought we responded just like that in a dominant fashion. Um, and I think part of it is just what we talked about is those guys have that confidence, they have that experience now, they have those snaps under their belt that they're playing. Uh, Elijah Morris is back in there, so it's, it's been big for us. Um, and guys are stepping up and coming along. So uh, you're right, you know, just seeing that, that first quarter, you like, ooh, and they kind of caught their breath, bounced right back, and, and responded for two and a half quarters. All right, uh, that is uh, some of the comments from the coordinators, uh, defensive coordinator Blake Harrell there and uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, as uh, well. All right, uh, our coverage begins of the Pirates on uh, Saturday, beginning at uh, 11 a.m. We'll be outside our Fort Game Day 2.2.2 for Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown, 11 to 1, then the network will take over at 1 o'clock. ECU Sports Radio Network coverage uh, with the kick at 2.02 for homecoming. Looking forward to uh, homecoming 2023. ECU, Charlotte. Thanks to uh, Jim Zoki for being on with us today. You'll hear Jim this weekend. And thanks to Dom Kosolke for uh, his uh, production of today's show. Also, thanks to Philip Pilkington and Scott Rogers for uh, their hustle during the basketball media day. Have a great uh, evening. We'll see you in the morning on Talk of the Town and then back here at 6 on Friday for the PJ Show.